who knocks. Huh? Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Cause your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to my first time the podcast all about the gaps in our pop culture resume. Each episode is our panel sits down to debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic. They'll be joined by the first timer, someone who's never before experienced that cultural icon. Will that first timer see what the fuss is all about or just be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello. Aiden. Hey Dan, hey Aiden. And hey, this week we are stepping down the road with Forrest Gump, joined by... James McCann, welcome, James. It is a pleasure to be here, and uh, <laughs> thank you. For you have me. not before, in the you know, before the past fortnight or so, whenever you uh, sat down and watched it, you had yeah. not watched Forrest Gump. I watched it yesterday. I'd seen bits and pieces, uh, and I'd heard people say "Run, Forrest, Run," <laughs> yep. but I had never sat down and watched the full Forrest Gump. Had anyone before. ever said that at you, like when you were like <laughs> trying to run? Well, he's quite fast. Right? Yeah, but it tends to, I feel like because he's a bit special in the movie, it tends to be something that yelled at like bad runners. Like, people would yell at me like, when I was like, running. Everyone is special in their own unique way. Are, um, yeah, are you denying that Forrest is a bit special? No, I'm I'm saying that you sounded like you were accusing James of being a little bit special. <laughs> no, was, I'm more just channeling my own insecurities where, you know, you someone had seen me running for a bus and be like, run, Forrest, run. Like, oh. People would still say that to me. Well, so it's, it's quite. I, I'm always a little yeah. upset. Well, that's the phrase that has lived on afterwards, and it's odd watching it that that's clearly not the phrase they wanted to take off. Mm. No, so like, about eight times he goes like, "That's all I have to say about that." Or Mama always says, "Mama always yeah. said," and that like, was the catchphrase that they were looking well, he, for. They, they really push those two. But yeah. what is funny is mocking the mentally challenged boy <laughs> as he waddles away from you in his metal little legs. That's what we love. So I want to know a bit more about how you missed this one. Did yeah. did you did your parents watch it? Did you, did you uh, actively avoid it? Like movie wise, I have heaps of gaps. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of movies. Um, I don't. I, they're an investment. It's time I don't have. Time <laughs> that could be spent elsewhere. And also, I'm not a Tom Hanks. I don't mind Tom Hanks. He's perfectly amiable. Seems like a nice dude. I can't remember. I like Saving Private Ryan. It's probably the only time where I've thought this is a great movie that Tom Hanks has been in. Isn't that sort of everyone's thought about Tom Hanks? No. Like, he's like, oh, he's like per- he's perfectly lovable. Yeah. I, would, I would disagree with you there. Up until watching Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump, I did think that. I was like, eh, whatever. So as I saw him in Forrest Gump, I was like, no, I like this guy. He's awesome. He does some really good films. <laughs> okay. Well, there was okay, there's this one. I liked That Thing You Do, which he produced. I saw that as a kid. Great, a great film. Mm-hmm. Um that's it. That's all I got. Oh, on. whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I, like whoa. I don't like Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code. I thought they were too yeah, long. Yeah, terrible. Um, okay, what about The Terminal? Yeah, I've, I've actively avoided that. It just seems annoying. It's pretty good. The guy like in it. a is that, freaking is that because airport. You've been, but is that because you've been trapped in an airport before? Oh, <laughs> actually, well, why do you want to watch a movie? One of my favorite someone... ever movies. Oh, Castaway. Castaway is great. great. Yeah. But it also it drove home watching this how many like odd character films he's done because I don't think of he him does, as yeah. a wacky character actor, but he's doing you know. 
He's doing a special in the head. He does a foreign little man in an airport. I don't think you would get away with doing either of those He's done in this political uh, climate. Man that got AIDS. Yeah, yeah, AIDS really? dude. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He's done um, a child that grew up too quickly yeah. and danced along the piano. He's in big series of quite wacky roles, but Most... they but they pay off for him. That's where he gets yeah. the Academy Awards for these yeah. uh, obscure, weird, <laughs> random people. That Quick wacky up. movie where he had AIDS. Is off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Quick whip around here before uh, we look more deeply into Forrest Gump. Outside of Forrest Gump, if if that is your favourite Tom Hanks film, just leave it for now. We'll get to our ratings later in the podcast. What is your favourite Tom Hanks film? I'm going to start with Aiden because you seem the most passionately pro Tom Hanks. Um, well, it's hard to go past. Toy Story. <laughs> oh, does that count? Oh, he is in Toy Story. He's, yeah, in, he's, he's, he's the main I character. He would have to count. Yeah. All right. He's Toy Woody. Story. I didn't even thought of that. Yeah. Eden. There's a snake uh, in my boot. <laughs> I'm IMDBing him just to sort of remember things. I, th- like, I think it has to be Castaway. Castaway is sensational. It has to be Castaway. And yep. even then, Wilson is the best. I'm going to go real controversial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My I, favorite Tom Hanks film is The Burbs. Oh, I've seen the, the Burbs. Burbs. It's very the early. So good. Very the Burbs early. is great. What it's a real hard. early guy. Stars Corey, co-starring Corey Feldman, yeah. uh, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Basically, his wife and kids leave him at home for a, a weekend or something. He pretends to be sick so he doesn't have to go on the family holiday, thinking he's going to get just a week at home watching TV. And these weirdos move in next door. And they, he sort of suspects that there's something creepy and wrong about them. But everyone else is like, ah, oh, Tom, you idiot. Just yeah. They're just different. But no, they're like serial killers. And they've been like murdering like their basements full of bodies and stuff. It's, but, it's real weird and dark and good. But yeah. it's funny. It's funny. Very funny. Yeah, 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 very good. Because what you just described has sounded more like a horror film. Oh, and Carrie Fisher is like his wife. I, oh, I see yeah. this here. This is real. Your neighbors are murdering people. They're chopping them up. They're burying them in their backyard. Ray, this is Walter. No! Let's have a look at Forrest Gump. And uh, for those of you listening at home, maybe you are like James and you are in the dark or previously been in the dark on Forrest Gump. Here's a little bit of uh, Catch You Up. sat next to someone on a train, a bus or a plane that just wants to talk to you about their life despite the fact that you've buried your head in a book or covered your ears with headphones? If so, you'll relate to the people who get stuck on a bench with Forrest Gump, a humble simpleton who seems to delight in recounting his adventures to anyone who dare wait for a bus with him. Beginning with his childhood, Gump, played by Tom Hanks, recounts to his captive audience his most certainly incredible life story as he not only lives through the 50s and 60s, in America, but actively influences some of its central figures and moments. He teaches Elvis to dance, makes the all-American college football team, becomes a war hero in Vietnam, a millionaire shrimp and boat operator, and a champion ping-pong player, among a bunch of other remarkable achievements. But despite all the amazing things he achieves, despite his limited intellect, Forrest longs for just one thing, the love of his childhood friend Jenny, portrayed by Robin Wright of House of Cards fame. Jenny, though, despite the odd flirtation with Forrest, is just too busy protesting Vietnam, stripping, banging rock stars and shooting heroin to be Forrest's woman. That is, until she gets sick from a mystery virus. HIV alert, and only then decides to tell Forrest that uh, he knocked her up a few years back, and he has a son, Forrest Jr., played by the boy who can see ghosts, Haley Joel Osment. 
So they get married, she dies, and presumably Forrest and Forrest live happily ever after. The movie was a huge hit in 1994, grossing over $600 million. Its depictions of key moments of the 60s and 70s uh, clearly resonating with the baby boomer market. The film was also aided by its enormously popular soundtrack of hits from the era, and it's still pretty impressive special effects, particularly the use of historical footage into which Tom Hanks's Forrest Gump is creatively inserted. <laughs> All that translated into a bunch of awards, including Best Film, Best Actor, and Best Director for Robert Zemeckis at the 67th Academy Awards. But today those awards are meaningless. It's all about our first time at James McCann. What will he make of Forrest Gump some 23 years later? Is the chocolate in the box still good? Or like an old box of favourites found in the back of the cupboard, is the chocolate stale, dull and covered with those weird little white bits? I didn't love it. <laughs> oh, straight out of the wow. box, James is... McCann. Why not? Oh, look, I'm I'm looking up now. Weird Al's Gump. That's a better. That is a better song and feeling than this whole movie. Has. <laughs> All right, there's, there's no. I, there are some things that I like very much about Forrest Gump. Um, I, I was astonished and pleased that it was a strangely conservative movie, right? So the point of it, as I understand it, Gump is um, uh, an idiot, basically. Like he's a warm-hearted. Stooge. Sure, sure. It's explained very early in the film that he's got a very low IQ. He's got a low IQ and he's he's slow. Like, to use the medical term would be retarded, right? Like, in a Latin sense, he's slow. He's not, like, less than anybody else. He just takes longer to get there. Yeah. Um, but he's kind and he's good and he just, like, plods away and he becomes a billionaire and he goes around the world and it... It is like a child has written this story in primary school. Like, <laughs> and then he was a shrimp salesman, and then he played ping pong, and then he went to <laughs> Vietnam. And then he was on television, and he met the president, John Lennon. So he has this beautiful trajectory because he has the right attitude the whole time. Yeah. And then the counterside is Jenny, who is a lovely, intelligent, talented woman who like strips and does heroin because she is a part of the counterculture. So she drops out of society. She rejects that dominance hierarchy. She goes her own way and she just suffers again and again until she's dead from AIDS. Yeah, well, that's, I wanted to bring that up because it's yeah. never specifically said in the film that it's AIDS. Yeah. It's it the virus. There's nothing be. they can do. It, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be AIDS, isn't it? Very AIDS. I, uh, I Googled what disease killed Jenny and yeah. Forrest Gump. <laughs> and trust me, the internet is onto this before we are. Yeah, I was, I, uh, I'm pulled up here. Someone asked that question on, you know, that Quora, is that how you yeah, say yeah, it, yeah, website? Yeah. Uh, someone's written a, like, nine or ten paragraph answer to the question, did Jenny die of AIDS in Forrest Gump? Because he's an to... expert. Like, well, he's it's, clearly had a role deep. in the film. I want you to just uh, listen to uh, a little bit of this. Please. Uh, this is from uh, the Quora response. Consider also that we saw an earlier scene in which Jenny touching him made him ejaculate within seconds. <laughs> So it's probable that their sexual encounter didn't necessarily last very long. Oh, I should set the scene. Now Now they're debating whether Forrest well, must have, have HIV AIDS. by the end of the movie, right? Oh. No, so but, it's probable. That earlier scene is not when that earlier scene is not when he fathered the child. No, but they no. have sex, right? So the question Later is, on, yeah. she's got AIDS. Yeah. They have sex. Does Forrest have 
AIDS, and so therefore does the kid have AIDS. Okay, but within the potential scheme of it, she could have contracted the virus after giving possible. Birth to the yeah, child. that is yeah. possible. I'll read a little bit more of this because it's it's Please. good. It's interesting. This could get so graphic. So it's probable <laughs> that their sexual encounter didn't necessarily last very long, just reducing Forrest's exposure time. I'm guessing that Forrest didn't have any open places on his penis besides the natural opening at the tip, <laughs> which, would, there the help, which would therefore have been the only place for the virus to potentially enter his body. Oh, my wow. gosh. <laughs> are you glad you Googled that? Exposure it has, time. It has. This, this has 161,000 oh. views. People need to know the answer. Yeah. Wow. What did, what's your take, James? Do you think Forrest um, has AIDS? Uh, well, you brought it up. I presume we all kind yeah. of. Took I'm glad that we've away. gone there early. Oh, let's yeah. just get to the well, hard hitting issues. Right. So it's written in what the late eighties. The book. The, yes, the book the that book, the film yeah. is based yes. on. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't know what the time between infection and death would have been in a pre-AIDS treatment world because it was a death sentence at the time. It's not now. Yeah. And you would have been gone pretty quickly. So, to the audience at the time, is the fact that it's an older child? It's like a five year old. Is that like? To calm the audience down, going like, oh, don't worry, the kid probably doesn't have it. If the kid had it, then she would have had it for well, like six years. Has I any of us read the book? Oh, no. no. So no. does it say it in the book that it's AIDS? Well, w- I, I wonder. We need a little cut point here, like a little a little a branch away to talk about the book. Because in my research, I did look at the book a bit. It's very different. So did, I, the book genius. is really different. Yeah. And in the book, Forrest is not just like a humble, nice simpleton. He swears a lot, apparently. He's like six foot six, like a huge, big, muscly guy. The author of the book wanted John Goodman to be Forrest Gump. Right. So like quite a different character. And like there's a there's a bit about the book where like I was reading this and and Forrest to have Jenny have this wild sex romp on the floor and Mm. she like rolls over and she's like, Forrest, where have you been all my life? So it's really different. Like the book is not quite the sanitized uh, version of events we get in the movie. Well, this film is almost like you could show it to kids. There's not that much stuff in the film that's like avoidable to kids and even I think I saw it as a kid mm. I didn't pick up on the fact that he ejaculated into the <laughs> no, like, no, he seems not. very shy yeah, all of a sudden I thought it was just that he like sort of got creeped out like oh I don't I don't know what to do about boobs mm. <laughs> which is a natural response for a for a young man <laughs> it's uh there are so many odd I don't know why it's been so successful like I get that it's enjoyable as yeah. a movie and he's doing a funny voice the whole time and he's a dumb dumb Great. All above board. All fair enough. But I think the fact that it, it basically slavishly lionizes the baby boomer American experience. It was mm-hmm. like, you you were there. You remember these people. Yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia. Mm. Your life was important. Times have changed. Things matter. Um, and so that's lost on me because I've just had a gut full of that. Like that has been for – it's only – it's maybe toned down a little in recent years, but like the last 25 years of my conscious existence have been baby boomers telling themselves, God, we've had a funny time, haven't we? <laughs> Hasn't it been crazy? <laughs> oh. It's very pandering, isn't it? Yeah. It really panders to that It market. does pander. It, it doesn't like seriously judge people. It does a little bit. I right? feel like Jenny's very judged. Like like you said, like here's this woman who's sexually abused as a child. Yeah. She goes off, and really the movie is extremely conservative. It's like here's this woman l- living her own road, and her life turns to absolute hell because of well, it. He, he, would be the, he would be the twist, I think, that makes it not a conservative movie, and that passes with the liberal elites who have put this together in Hollywood. Uh, 
she the like the patriarchal family has destroyed her and the lack of knowledge and community to understand that problem. So you, she comes from a more naive time where that sort of thing maybe wasn't jumped on as quickly. I mean, she's quite she's quite old by the time that's happening mm. and going on and living with her. I mean, she's got family who I assume knew that this was happening. Forrest knows about it. Everyone knows about it. He's doing this in public and no one jumps in and stops that. So the world by the end of it, like the world of the 90s, is a better, I guess, more like moral place. Uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's interesting because the whole way through the film as well, she kind of mistreats Forrest too. Yes. He keeps, oh. he keeps like pouring out his heart and, yeah. and just like doing anything for her. And she just shoots him down and shoots him down. And, Except and just, for when she feels like she needs a little bit of self-esteem boost. Yeah. But I hate her. Yes, me too. So, but, I, I stand but, by her. But th- they... There's a one particular scene they intentionally put in that makes you do a 180 on Jenny, and it's when she's an adult and yeah. she's staying with Forrest, and they go for a walk and they run into the house that she was abused in as a yeah. kid, mm-hmm. yeah. and she starts rock. just throwing rocks and stuff at the house and breaking down. And that's the moment where, as a viewer, you're like, "Oh yeah, she was abused. She's yeah, abused. okay, she's, she's a bit yeah. stuffed up. Yeah. Yep, okay, fair enough." It understand. I can understand her behaviour. But it's sort of part of my problem with the movie is that scene, not that scene in itself, but I feel like the movie wants to be all, like, symbolic and interesting, but it's very heavy-handed. Like, yeah. like she, she has yeah. to actually, like, physically throw rocks at something for us to, Sometimes like, get the message, you know? Like, enough rocks in the world and when she comes, the house where your daddy was abusing you. <laughs> when she I comes to back to Forrest, she's all, like... Here's the heavy-handed symbolism. She's gone. She like she's in hippie duds like the whole movie, and then she comes back to Forrest looking like the perfect Southern yeah. Alabama woman. Yes, but yeah. when she has sex with him and immediately leaves the next morning, she's back in her hippie <laughs> vest, getting in the taxi. <laughs> well, he, yeah, I'm I like, what? Like, she's just decided. Like, yeah. it's so heavy-handed. It's so it wants to be clever, but it's not. Well, no. That. She, well, she's had a, a taste of the happiness that could come there. She, you know, the the decent, reasonable. Bougie life, but she doesn't think she she's can't good accept within that. herself. Yeah, because yeah. she's been shattered, and only the AIDS virus can teach her how to love again. <laughs> I think that should have been the tagline for the movie. Yeah. The movie should have been called Jenny, and the tagline should have been only the AIDS virus well, also, can like, teach her to love. Also, structurally, it makes it like she. If she didn't die, it wouldn't make sense that she got together with Forrest. Um, like she's a she's a very there's a. It's not just that she's after an abusive boyfriend the whole time to make up for the fact that she's been abused. Forrest does have an IQ of like yeah. 74. Yeah. What message it's, does that send to simple people, though? People will only marry you if they're dying and <laughs> desperate. Well, no, but the, no, but the point is that he's not her he first choice in life. Mm. If, I mean, if that happened in our... If, you know, if the beautiful, successful, talented, travelling lady... You knew in our lives suddenly shacks up with you know a man with a seventy four IQ. You'd go something unusual has happened here. This is noteworthy. Okay, it's not necessarily bad, but it would be commented upon. <laughs> I have I, never known it. To I'm happen. not even <laughs> convinced Forrest Junior is Forrest's son. No, I wasn't no. sure. I think either. Forrest I should have got a DNA thing. test. That yeah. feels very manipulative to me. It, like, didn't oh, Forrest, up. come look after my boy because I'm dying and no one else will. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't feel like it lined up years wise as well. Like the kid looked a bit older than I thought it was only meant to be a couple of years ago, but he looked about five or six. So I, I was a bit confused because no, he runs for three years. Remember, <laughs> he, he literally is running around <laughs> three America three for over years, three years, yeah. I wanna, founding yeah. many things on the way, like with a t shirt thing. Oh, I, yeah. like, <laughs> I 
hate the t-shirt. So scene. annoying. I actually, the t-shirt was one of the only bits that I really loved. <laughs> I thought that was clever. So the face is so crap. It's like no, just, that wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's the joy. I can accept everything else in the movie, but that he would wipe his muddy face and produce the happy smile. Don't worry, be happy face. All right, let's hold the Forrest Gump train of thought just for a sec, and we're gonna see what James thinks we should be checking out. <laughs> We'll return after these messages. All right, so, James, uh, you're here today talking about Forrest Gump, something you'd never seen before, but we would like to hear something that you know a lot about, something you're passionate about. You've got 30 seconds to tell us about something, anything in the world of pop culture that you think the listener should go get themselves into. Gee, okay. Uh, There's a New Zealand... Dunedin sound band called Heart the Unclear that I push at every opportunity. <laughs> I knew that he was going to bring that up. It was either going to be that or like Death Grips or something. But Did you say New Zealand sound band? They're a, they're a Dunedin sound band. They're like um, split ends I don't know how to... They're wonderful. They're charming. They're very funny. They're Flight of the Concords, but serious. But quite serious. Yeah. But they're like, you know, songs about mannequins judging them or um, the furniture coming to life. Quite a lot of inanimate I'm still not songs. understanding the term Dunedin sound band. Oh, sorry. Dunedin sound is a genre coming out of uh, Dunedin. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm getting that right. Uh, and it's like twangy guitars and beautiful melodies and... Real like sad hopelessness that only comes from being in New Zealand's fifth biggest. So it's a little town. bit like go betweensy or something. Or I does that ring a bell? I don't. I don't actually. Do I know the go? The go betweens were a Brisbane band. Uh, yeah, from, like uh, some jangly guitars, early nineties, little hum- melodies. And what was stuff. that? What was that song? Oh, they had a, they had a few. That's sort of that sounds eighties styley like laid back melodies that sort of stretch over a four bar period. This is taught like the Beatles is the closest. Okay, what's, okay. what's the song compared. that we should? And what's start the name with? again? Yes, uh, give us the band H- and the song. H A the unclear. It's a easy to Google name if you can be asked. Typing all of that in, and. Uh, Corstaphine is my favourite song of theirs. It's about a, a, the poor part of Dunedin. We might chuck a little clip in uh, when this gets edited together there. I doubt they will sue. <laughs> <laughs> what about that quarry up the road in Blackhead? Yeah, there's a quarry up the road in Blackhead. Corstaphine, you're unsound, but you're kind. <laughs> Here's my question for you. How old were you guys when you saw it, Dan and Eden? 12, maybe? Yeah, probably the same. Okay. So at the time, you would have been young enough. Did you ever think that it was a true story? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. But I feel like that question means you might have been. <laughs> no, I didn't. But the whole way through watching the film with my wife, she goes, Oh wow! And I'm like, it's not a true story. You don't, you don't have to be surprised by the fact that he Three taught Elvis years. how to dance. Three years of running, you'd get tired. Yeah. But it does present itself like it is a true story. It like presents it itself like a biopic. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. that comes from like uh, Bob Zemeckis, the director, because he's like such a safe director. Like I think he, yeah, just sort of pr- produced this kind of safe film. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And the the lesson that it basically has, like, keep your head down. Work hard, love people, respect be a good them, guy, and everything yeah. will work out. I that's very. No one believes that's true. <laughs> like, not at any in a know, perfect world. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, but th- this is a fallen world. It's a bad <laughs> w- like even the most like optimistic, happy, clappy Pentecostalist pe- uh, like Jesus people will be like, and the next world, it's going to be great. <laughs> in the next world, not in this one. Some other time, if we do the right thing now, or you can be hard headed and a shark and rip people off. The w- actually, okay, I love this about the 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 lieutenant who loses his legs. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant yeah, yeah. Dan is so is great. Great, yes, he's I agree. great. Um, when he kicks the, what I thought might have been prostitutes, but I think they may just be loose women <laughs> because they do seem to leave and insult them. And I think yeah. if you were hunting for a dollar, you wouldn't do that sort of thing. Um, they <laughs> they leave, and he sticks up for his friend, and he's Which like, is almost the first time he has stuck up for Forrest. Up until yeah. that point, he's yeah. almost mm. you know almost been bitter and, and hating. He's, well, Forrest. he's blamed him. Yeah, you, know, you got the Medal of Honor. You are making a fool of yourself. But then his growth is very believable. Yes. Um, and, re- I mean, you know, it, it's hackneyed. I mean, he's swimming about in the ocean and the sun shines. I, he never told me he loved God again, but <laughs> I do believe. But I do love that scene where he's, like, up on the mast of the yeah. ship oh, in the storm. So like, oh, God, it's you and me now. Yeah. He wants to, yeah. This is the part that I didn't believe about Lieutenant Dan's experience. When he goes to Forrest's wedding at the end, yeah. he rocks up with legs and he's engaged and yes. all the rest of it. Surely the man that is running your multi-million dollar company... Comes and sees you. Surely Forrest has kept in contact with him over the years. No. Surely he would know. It's pretty internet, he's too busy You didn't keep in touch with anyone. But he's <laughs> running Forrest's company. He's yeah. running the, the Bubba Shrimp thing, which is a real um, business, real thing, by the way. Yeah. Has yeah. anyone else? Oh, oh, I, had, I did research that. Did you? I, I went there when I was in the States. Oh, you've been there? Yeah, I, it? I'm vegetarian, but I just had chips. <laughs> <laughs> What were the chips called? Were they like the hound dog chips? I can't remember. The Elvis shakes. (laughs) Did the the restaurant come first or the film come first? Film. I hope the film. Well, because I just thought they may have just tried to weave that in. No, the restaurant restaurant was started by Viacom. What? It's literally started by the film studio owner. Yeah. There you go. Hold on. This can't be. Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump Shrimp Co. It's in every touristy trap area of America. You see it all over the place. There's Bubba Gump Pest Control. They've uh, <laughs> branched it's in out. Sydney. It's the new Jim's mowing. <laughs> well, Forrest did love mowing lawns. He <laughs> mowed lawns for free, even when he was a millionaire. He adored it. This is legit. So, hold on. Viacom set up a shrimp restaurant? We're yes. blowing James's yeah. mind. Okay, next question for you guys. They have 44 locations, Aiden. <laughs> yeah, no, Around the world. They're yeah. worldwide. Yeah. Okay, so don't have one here. None, of we, none of us believed it was a real um, story. Did any of you think, upon watching this for the second time or recently, that um, Adam Sandler's The Water Boy kind of ripped this film off completely? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost exactly the same. I don't he's remember enough of the movie, but he's an idiot. I uh, love he, football. He's an idiot that plays football that um, mows for yeah. a living. Yeah. Um, he falls in love with a drug addict girl that his mum disapproves of. Is she a drug addict in The Water Boy, or is she just like a naughty lady? Uh, I think she's a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like in it, the classic Sandler style, she's like a playful, fun drug addict. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> she's not like standing on the roof of a building and thinking about going over the top. It's set in a southern setting. Like I, The whole time yeah. I was watching it, I didn't realise how much the two films are pretty much... Interlinked. Well, that, that was. It annoyed me when I started watching it. I thought, I'm just going to hate this. Because I hadn't remembered that he was a southerner. Um, and I just. I knew talk in a weird way. I just thought he had astigmatism or something like that. And I, said, and I thought, oh, this is like the Yankee Hanks. 
and all the Yankees over in California looking down on the Southern man and mocking him and saying he's a racist and a but it's not really bigot and a dumb. D- well, a little bit. I don't it's think a little so. Bit I think they go. almost celebrate the um. His mother names him after a Clansman. Yeah, Ooh, that's that's yeah, that was that, <laughs> that was... didn't speak to me when I was a kid, but no, I was shocked. I was I was mind blown when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's not really acknowledged that no. that's a weird or bad thing. It's yeah. just like, yeah, that's it. No, that's no. that's commonplace. Yep. And then also like he's telling that to a black lady on a bench. Yeah, that's and it's right. like, huh. No reaction shot of her is finding <laughs> this information out. I did oh, I love that his mum gives him different advice. Like con- contradictory advice back to back. She's like, don't let anybody else tell you, Forrest, that you're lesser than somebody. And then later on, she's going like, uh, you're special, you're different. And then later on, she's going, you've the same as yeah, everybody yeah, else. Just like That's everyone yeah. else. You've got to pick one of these three. Yeah. Is he uh, just an unreliable narrator, though? I don't know. He might be. Well, that's uh, an interesting you... take that yeah. possibly yeah. he's that I... looking back on his life and he's remembering it the way he wanted it to be, yeah, the well, way he, his, his crazy imagination. In real of... life, he just played ping pong with a Chinese guy once at a YMCA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they've got all of these you know, bits of footage of you know, him meeting Nixon and doing all of these things. I like the idea that maybe this is just TV that he has seen yeah. and put yeah. himself into. I like that theory because yeah. in we... lots of the shots, he's watching stuff about presidents on the TV in the background. Yes. Yeah. We do know, though, that he did own a shrimp company. There's do hard we, and fast proof. He has a magazine. He sh- I mean, obviously, true. Was on simultaneously, <laughs> this is all a lie. And the, and the people on so the bench that exists. The people on the bench know of that company as well. Yeah. They say, oh, I didn't realise I was sitting next to a millionaire. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm a millionaire. Well, you would be a millionaire if you owned the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company with 44 <laughs> locations owned by Landry's Incorporated. And hello to this week's sponsor. <laughs> Bubba Gump Shrimp. They have Head a logo. Down to Bubba Gump Shrimp okay. for this week's Here's HIV weird. special. <laughs> yeah, but it's, they are, oh, guys, Bubba Gump Shrimp have a controversial social media policy for their employees. Has anyone seen this? No. no. Uh, no, I don't really keep up with the PubCup <laughs> They were brought to court because a National Labor Relations Board ruled that they did not violate employees' rights as they did not explicitly prohibit employees from discussing job-related subjects. I, so they, Hold on. So it goes on and on. There was a big back and forth. There's lots of suing and the employees... Uh, so Bubba Gump, the company that bloody Forrest Gump created is a cruel, nasty... <laughs> Exploitative corporation. Well, he's passed on, and you know the new boss in town, not so nice. Yeah, yeah he lost his legs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a follow up book, by the way, really? called yeah. Gump and Co. And I read really? that on Wikipedia. I, the tone of it is so different from the movie. Like his dead wife Jenny comes back to him as, as a, a ghost. ghost. Yeah, I read and that it, too. And he's like, "Do you mind that I'm seeing other ladies?" <laughs> oh, so he um he. Sees a few other women in town. Sees a few other women, but they're right. using him. Because he's only him. ever been fixed on nah, Jenny. But they're using him for his freak mathematics abilities. Yes, yeah, in the book, he's more like the autistic savant. Right. He's an yeah. incredible right. mathematician. He becomes an astronaut in yeah. the book, as, as well as all that monkey. other gear, and also becomes a stuntman, apparently, wow. that uh, does a scene with a nude Raquel Welsh. Oh. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> so, quite interesting. But here's, a th- here's an interesting little fact, and we there's, you're talking about the Bubba Gump a shrimp company not being the most great employer. Well, the author of the book was basically ripped off millions of dollars from the movie. What? Because he signed a deal for like, I don't know, 300000 plus 
X percentage. Yeah. But he obviously didn't have a very shrewd manager or is his own manager because it wasn't like, it wasn't gross profits percentage. It was percentage after everything else. So it went to court and they were like, no, no, the movie never made any money. We spent all this money on advertising and we had to give Tom Hanks X amount of the profits. (laughs) And so they claimed that there was no money, that the film made no money. And so he never got anything for his agreed to percentage of this movie that made $600 million in the box office. That sucks. So I felt really bad for him. Yeah. He but then he wrote the second sequel, book. Right? Yeah. He and basically, the he then changed the, the character from the first book because he's trying to capture the new Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah. market. So the second book, it is the dum-dum from the yeah, first book. Yeah, it's wow. not the big rude. Right. Has there ever been talk to make the, the book into a There was. A film? Uh, they cancelled plans after 9-11 because they felt it wasn't relevant anymore. Ah, uh, terrorists. Nah, the terrorists won again, didn't yeah. they? They win everything. Uh, terrorists but may have helped us out with that. Apparently them. they're looking at it again, though. <laughs> so maybe right. Gump goes and fights ISIS or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's probably a good point for a short break. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, so we are going to be uh, each giving a 10-second plug to something that we are enjoying at the moment. And as you found out last week, Aiden, I am tough on the buzzer. So I'm going to put you straight back on the spot, Aiden. You have 10 seconds to tell us about something and see if you can make it pop culture this week and not uh, your favourite type of banana. Your time begins <laughs> now. Finger, okay. <laughs> to be clear, it wasn't a type of banana. It was a type of fruit. It's banana. Anyway, You've lost okay. four seconds. Okay. <laughs> the new DuckTales reboot cartoon Ooh. is incredible. Has... Uh, some really good Ten voice. seconds. Okay. You're done. <laughs> All right, over to you, Eden. Oh, right. Uh, is uh, my time started? Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to plug Mr. Mercedes, the new Stephen King TV show based on a book called Mr. Mercedes. It's quite dark. And Where's really... that viewing? Uh, it is viewing. Thumbs up. Oh, okay. Don't take questions. Yeah, that's your rookie mistake. <laughs> Aiden likes to chew up other people's time. All right, James, 10 seconds now. Uh, it's an album by Alex Eisenberg. I don't remember what it's called, but go look it up. He's great. Alex Eisenberg. You got it. Do you want one more second? And done. <laughs> Good. It's a man who knows how to use his 10 seconds. And I'm going to plug another podcast called Crime in Sports. Very interesting. And I listened to uh, Jimmy the Fluke, Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. And uh, <laughs> he, he like bashed his girlfriend Ooh. to death but got away with it thanks to Vince McMahon. Oh. Ooh. Which... One extra second. Apologies. Like, but sorry, that's the what father happens when you're the, your own timer. The father of the son, like the current Vince McMahon? No, yeah, time's yeah, up. Current time's Vince up. McMahon. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hang on. The guest wants to hear more. Aiden, back in your back in your little, you're in your like a little fortress of solitude today. <laughs> but for the listener at home, Aiden is literally surrounded by screens. I can see like one eyeball as we record this. You say fortress episode. of solitude, I'd say a control panel from the spacecraft that I am flying for us today. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, so the story is that Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. Uh, big he time was, 80s wrestling he guy. Was charged with third degree murder yeah. and involuntary manslaughter in the 1983 death of his girlfriend. That's a great, uh, great case. Go and listen to that podcast. Oh my <laughs> gosh, good tip off. All right, let's get back to <laughs> Forrest Gump. Okay, my least favorite thing about the film, if I was to call it, uh, the feather that comes <gasps> in at the start oh, yeah, yeah. and lands in a book and then at the end. It's the same book, Curious George. Same book. And it's done as this whole, like, look, it's at the start, it's at the end, it's very poetic. Um, 
There's only like two weeks between those scenes. <laughs> yeah, like he picks true. up his son, he goes home, he opens up the book, and the feather goes away. Yeah. Well, so what is the feather? Is it destiny? Is heavy, he a feather? It's heavy-handed symbolism. Yeah. It's yeah. for what? For nothing. <laughs> Just a beautiful opening like, shot of a feather floating. Like beautiful music coming out, the feather floating around. And I guess that's forest is like a feather. So would you have preferred it was a shrimp tail that was just floating through the I would have preferred it if the feather had hit the ground, been run over, stripped of all, you know, fluffiness and joy. And we cut to Forrest, whose life has failed because America is a laissez-faire country <laughs> and it's very hard for a man of a 74 IQ to make it in a hard-nosed corporate world, getting screwed out of his shares by Steve Jobs. Well, yeah, that was the Apple Corporation. That was the other moment that my wife went, no way! I'm like... It's not real. It's not real. It's not a real thing. And this it's was even pre the iPhone. I, I yeah. just thought, yeah. I hope he held on to those shares long enough. <laughs> no, he sold in the 99... Uh, yeah, the crash. crash. Um, I think it's time that we move on to ratings. Yes. Yeah. All right, scores. Uh, the first category is iPhone test. Did you find that this was a compelling movie, James, or were you sort of like on the phone looking at things? Um, Post-Vietnam, I was on the phone. Yeah. yeah, I think Vietnam is the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah. It's the best, most interesting yeah. part. And it's poetic, and the fact that he, what he remembers of war is nature and the rain and the sun and mm. the stars. I mm. thought that was a beautiful point. Well, there's like five really good songs in that bit too. Like, yeah. Really like yeah. classics. Of... What is, was the soundtrack a thing in anyone's life growing up? It was huge in my house yeah. where I was raised in a conservative Christian home, and for me, I could either listen to Life FM or I could listen to <laughs> the Forrest Gump soundtrack. That was like literally <laughs> my options. Yes. I like that there were two skinned songs. Um, they... Credence plays as the helicopter drops. Yeah, Credence plays as yeah. the helicopter drops. But then it was not like when Jenny's doing heroin, they're playing Freebird. Yep. And then when Jenny comes back home, they play Sweet Home Alabama. Wow. So like she's still living her personal truth in both cases, but she's just living a better, purer. More. Oh, she grew up with the band. Yeah. As they progressed, she progressed. I don't know which song came out first. I'll tell him about As they died that... in a plane accident, so... she had AIDS. Hmm? I'll just tell a little embarrassing Please. story about the soundtrack. I was, like I said, really uncool. I never knew what good, like, cool music was as a young man. I was in grade seven. And, uh, I'd, I'd listened to the soundtrack so much and it was like basically my world and I got so excited when these kids in my class were talking about the song Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. which is on the soundtrack. But this was that Evan Dando cover from the Lemonheads. The Lemonheads. The, the rock and roll cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand. I was just excited that they discovered <laughs> Mrs. Robinson with me. So I had a Forrest Gump tape and I gave it to the coolest guy in the class and I was like, that song is on this tape. You should listen to that. And he had it for a week or two and I asked him, well, how, how did you like the tape? And he's like, oh, yeah, that tape was rubbish, but my mum liked it. And, I was like, oh. <laughs> and that was it. I thought that was my shot to get into the cool group, but I was soundly rejected. Well, they are all the, now the cool songs of like that era. I wonder what came for, I wonder if they were like the classic songs that everyone remembered for that time before yeah. the soundtrack. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Those songs were popular. Forrest Gump no, didn't make no, those no, songs no. popular. They, they were popular, but like, you know, there's like, there's a lot of songs that are popular all the time. And I feel like they, it's crystallized, like, oh, when, you know, when a chopper comes down, yep. like, that's what he's now done. Did Forrest Gump, like, take that song to another level? Or was I think that definitely already, like, for our generation. This is our generation, Vietnam generation War yeah. Song. yeah. Can I tell a story of that? Uh, when Wayne's World came out, yeah. 
Bohemian Rhapsody entered the charts. Yeah, yeah. The third time went to number one. It went to number one in three different decades, 70s, 80s, and in the 90s because of that film. So it does happen. It It does happen for films. And you're in charge of the music here. Can we get a big Bohemian Rhapsody push? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great song. One of my favourites. All right, so iPhone test score. Out of five, what would you give it? Five being you were enraptured engrossed. Exactly two and a half. Eden. <laughs> three. Eden. Um, three as well, thanks. I'm going to sit on two and a half. It's the right one. Well. It's a good score. It's it's non-committal. It's right, just right in the so middle. Macbang. All right, cultural significance. Now that you uh, have seen Forrest Gump, do you feel like you've watched something culturally significant? Do you feel like a more uh, pop-culturally aware person? Or Yes, uh, is that one out of five? Yeah, out of five too. That gets a four. Yeah, it is definitely a big culturally significant film that is made fun of in The Simpsons and everything. Yeah. yeah. Eden? Oh, I was because, yeah, I'm going to have to go four as well. I think, like, not even just not really, like pop, the pop culture of another era, basically. Fair nice. enough. Yeah, it sums up that whole pop culture. Yeah. I'm hitting up a four as well. I'm going to go a little bit lower than a four, because I feel like it's one of those movies where you sort of get everything from just knowing about it. Like, you already knew about Run, Forest, Run, and it's... Yeah. I feel well, like... Life goes like a bucket of chocolates. Yeah, yeah and, and it's yeah. just a look at the part, like, it's a look at the 60s and 70s. You can be aware of all those events without seeing Forrest Gump, so I'm only going to give it a two. Our next category is cool. Returnability. Is this Return- a film that you will be watching again, I'll James? I'll never watch Forrest Gump <laughs> ever again. So is that a zero? Um, look, if I have a child one day and there's nothing to do for four hours, <laughs> I might think about putting it on. I struggle to see a future where I'm, in, I'm looking forward to watching this again. You wouldn't recommend it to your kid? It's getting a one. A one? Oh. one. Eden? I'm going to go three. I like it. I'm not going to watch it frequently, yeah. but I'll definitely see it again. Yeah. Yep, three as well for me. I really like the film, but again, it's a long film that once you've seen it, you don't really need to see it again. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a two and a half again because I, I don't actively seek it out, but if it's on TV, you like, because it's sort of like almost like vignettes. Very episodic, You can just yeah. like watch a little bit of it and be like, oh, I remember that bit, and it's, definitely. that'd be enjoyable. So I'm going to give two and a half for eternability. And our final score is, 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 is it partner friendly? Is this a film you could sit down with, uh, you know, a lady friend, a man friend, whatever your thing is, and yeah. enjoy the time together? I did. I, I sat down and I watched it with my girlfriend. Um, so it was partner friendly. Did she enjoy it? Is really how we inter- we've started <laughs> yeah. to interpret this question. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> the no. voice went very yeah. high there. <laughs> no, I look at, at no point while we were watching it was either of us enthusiastic. I don't believe. So, what do you think would be a, a reasonable oh, score for how enjoyable this is for her? Two, two. He two? says while scratching his head and looking off right, the I distance. Quite, I didn't hate it, and she didn't hate it. It's just we would never watch it again. <laughs> Eden, uh, five. I asked Kirsty. Five. Yeah, she loves it, and I really like it too. Interesting. I'm going to have to give it a five as well. But I had a very interesting note that I wrote down from watching it with my wife, who was reluctant to watch it with me when we started because she's like, "Oh, I've seen it so many times, like bits on TV, and I've watched it as a kid." But then she's sitting down, she's watching it, and the whole way along she's like, oh, wow, oh, whoa. And at the one hour and 53 minute mark, she turned to me and said, 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this. <laughs> uh, uh, is that when they're on the boat? <laughs> I don't know what was happening at the time, but I just laughed. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, so that's a five. She loved five. it. Yeah, my wife was really close to giving it a five. She debated it. I, I wrote down her her monologue in, that she was sort of debating with me. She said, five, that's very high, but didn't it win Oscars? So other people gave it five out of five. <laughs> and then she stopped for a second and went, 4.5. <laughs> Bring it down enough. As we all know, that is how the Academy Awards does their voting each five year. Five out of five. They I think do... they use the same categories that we use. <laughs> um, speaking of the awards, I, in hindsight, I am shocked Tom Hanks won an Oscar for this. It is a good performance, but it is very one note. It mm. is... Not a great... I feel like this is a, a great example of the Oscars just being swept up in the hype of its moment. Okay. There's some big films that came out in 1994 as yes. well that it was it up against. Yes. Tell us. Pulp Fiction. Oh, Such a better film. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Better film. The Lion King. Yeah, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Good movie. Yeah. Nominated film. for best <laughs> film. The Mask. Did Jeff oh, Daniels wow. get a nomination for best actor that year? I love him in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> um, Ace Ventura. Haley Joel Osment in Dumb and Dumber as well, by the way. Oh, He's the he... like blind kid at the beginning, isn't With he? With the parrot? Isn't he? Is he really? Isn't he? Is he? Oh, I maybe mean, I just that. crossed them over. Man, Sixth Sense must have come out early. No, no, no. Sixth Sense was much later. But yeah. he must have been like 99. Yeah, must have been late nineties, I reckon. Or very must have been two thousand. I think of that as a very recent movie. Like I know everyone makes fun of it and everyone has seen it, but it feels contemporary. Never seen it. What? Oh, I should have done that one, boys. (laughs) Nah, it's mostly because everyone spoiled it. There's no point watching the film because you know the end. There is. It's not really about that. It's like the Titanic. What's the point? I know the boat's gonna sink. Yeah, but who gets away? I don't know. She does. He drowns. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I've never seen it. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tally up the scores while Eden furiously oh, man, researches whether Haley Joel Osment is, in fact, the uh, blind it's, kid it's, from it's Dumb not, and Dumber. It's, no, it's not him. It looks uh, like him. Pulp Fiction is, like, so obviously the best film. Yeah. How do you watch this in Pulp Fiction and go, ah, it's the shrimp retard? <laughs> I didn't love Pulp Fiction. Oh. oh. <laughs> I just sort of wanted them all to tie in a little bit better, the three storylines. But he invented that. Yeah, I know, but I was like, because I watched it much later. Like yeah, I watched yeah. it later and I had to study it for uni and I was like, mm, well, studying it at uni th- kills it, right? But yeah. at the same time, the fact that you had to study it at uni means it's probably the better movie. Yeah. You're not studying Forrest Gump. True. I don't know. I had to True. study some real hunks of flaming garbage <laughs> university. <laughs> like what? Um, of the Seventh Continent, Ooh. disgraceful, should be banned. A um, couple of Swedish art house cinema pieces. Nice. I won't go into detail about. <laughs> Swedish art house seems very euphemistic. Where are we at, Dan? Oh, let's get to the score. Well, Forrest Gump's uh, perfect blend of likableness and inoffensiveness puts it at number two on our list with a score of 38.25, about six points back of The Shining on 44.25. I love The Shining. You, you averaged well, you, that out, right? Yeah, yeah, this is the score. That's, wow. that's legit. So, well, a few of us gave it fives and fours for, yeah, for the partner, partner score. Of what, is it rate, what is it rate higher then? 
Oh, rates higher Everything. than Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dirty oh. Harry, uh, the music of Enya. <laughs> Enya's great. <laughs> Thank you. Go back and listen to our previous episode. Right, where well, we James, have you ever Enya. heard of Lorena McKennett? <laughs> no. Do yourself a favour. Check out Lorena McKennett. All right. Who is she? She's basically uh, Enya. We're not doing this story again. <laughs> is it Enya? <laughs> All right, so that has been Forrest Gump, second on the My First Time leaderboard. Before we go, James, is there anything that uh, you'd like to plug? Can people go follow you on the internet somehow? Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter, um, at JDF McCann. I think there's links to all my other stuff there. And uh, I'm doing a show at the Adelaide Fringe and Perth Fringe and Melbourne Comedy Festivals. Next Sorry, year. are you plugging things in six Who knows when time? this will get up? <laughs> yeah, true. Who knows when it'll get listened to? It's called The Death of Western Civilization. You've already named your so show. So if the year is yeah. 2018 and you're looking to see a fringe <laughs> show, <laughs> check out James McCann. Get on down. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Please uh, review on the iTunes store. Give us a five star review if you've been enjoying the show. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that gear. And before we go, Aiden, I would suggest that people um, send through suggestions of what they would like us to oh, rate on the podcast and rank and things. Absolutely, you know, pop culture idea. films or TV shows that you love that you'd like to hear us. If you're listening debase. and you've never played Monopoly, let oh me know because I'd love to do a Monopoly episode because I feel like everyone in the world has played Monopoly. But if you're the one person, you can be on this podcast <laughs> what and a play Monopoly that is. with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.